The Mariners Church, thank you guys for being here and being part of today. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a privilege to be here um, along with you. And I uh, hope you're having a great day. Um, I know I am. This is, this is really terrific. One of the things we do here at, at Mariners Church is um, we are, are mindful of what we would call or what's called commonly the persecuted church. And that would be those people around the world that cannot exercise their faith in freedom. Um, they have to do it in private. They have to, even right now, in their whatever their time zone is, they would be meeting either in open fields because um, they, they can't find another place or attics or basements or they're meeting in a church, but certainly the laws are against them. And, and when asked time and time again what can people do for them, they, their response is just pray, pray for us, uh, pray for us. Um, and so we would like to take time to do that. And I'm going to invite you to just bow with me and, and if you would, we would pray together right now. And believing, Lord, that you know that your church will spread um, because Jesus said it would. And yet as it spreads, people will face hardship because they proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And um, I would ask just for strength for them and fortitude and endurance and safety and protection. And may the message of Jesus spread um, even in the midst of persecution. May those that are the persecutors realize there's something different about those people and open their hearts and their minds to Christ. And God, we're thankful for for our freedom. Um, Help us not to be lazy with our faith because of it. Help us to be diligent and mindful and help others if we can. Father, now, God, bless our time, the time we spend in looking at the Bible and what it means in our lives and how you've talked to us and give me the right words to share and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you. If you want more information about Persecuted Church, just let us know. Um, we have a great team that is actually looks into that and is involved in, 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 in prayer endeavors and so just write on your little communication card, Persecuted Church, and, and we'll connect with you and, and get back to you on that. So thank you for that. So there is an annoying bird <clears throat> that tries to get into my office through my window. Okay. Now, now the problem is my window is a sealed window and so he really doesn't make a whole lot of progress on that one. He's not very big and he lands on the tiny little window frame and, 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 and he pecks at the window. He does it every day, every single day. I come in, he does it, he flies out, lands on there, just, just bam, you know, bam, 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 you know. And, and then he comes in and he flies away because he realizes he's not getting any mileage out of that. And so five minutes later, he comes back again. He's just bam, you know, bam, 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 there. You know, same bird, same window, same slamming, same results, you know. And, and he, he, used to have, he used to have like a one-inch beak. It's kind of worked its way down to a nub because I noticed this thing going on. It's going on for, for over a month. You know, bam, you know, bam, 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 bam. And, and sometimes, you know, I feel sorry for him, you know. And sometimes I think he's just an idiot bird, you know, because he's, he's, he's doing the same thing with, with absolutely getting no results out of it. And there's, and there's virtually nothing I can do ab- about this poor, this poor little bird. Some people believe that <clears throat> God created all of this, you know, everything that we, we see and experience and live, but God is really not involved in it at all. That somehow God is kind of like me behind that window and, and we're like that little bird. And what we do is we can peck, 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 but there's really no answer because we really don't know what's on the other side 
of this thing because whatever it is and whoever it was that created this is unknowable, that we can't know this creator, God, whatsoever. And, and they would hold to that the Bible itself is, is nothing more than a bunch of just made-up made up stories that may have been taken from other legends or other myths and written down, and they tried to pull it all together, and, and, and they said, well, hey, there it is. Um, that it, it's a Bible. Now, that philosophy actually bursts under its own weight, and it doesn't hold anything at all. We, we live in a personal world. We do. We are people, personal. And a personal world has to come from a personal God. And a personal God would have to, have to communicate. He would want to because that's what, that's what personalities do. And it would incons- be inconsistent with the nature of God that he just kind of wound this thing up and put it on a shelf and forgot all about it. God does insert himself. He inserts himself in the universe. He inserts himself in your life. And he inserts himself into our, our world. Now, the only way I could ever get through to that, that bird is if I spoke bird, you know. And I don't. I, 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 I can't. Um, can God get through to us? Well, he's God. Of course he can. Of course he can connect with us. A personal God who created everything can certainly communicate and connect with those that he created. And, and if he did, he would have to communicate so that we can get it, so that we can understand it. He would have to do that, not in bird, but in, in human, some kind, somehow in human. And if God did communicate to us, it would have to be logical because it can't be contradictory. It has to have logic to it. It has to be reasonable. It would have to be historically accurate. You know, there can't be a lot of mistakes in it. If God were to communicate to us, it has to be understandable. I heard the children um, singing just a few moments ago and understanding and learning about God, and they can comprehend this. It has to be understandable, but it also has to be complex. The more you get into it, the deeper and more involved it gets. If God were to communicate with us, it would have to be consistent, not contradict. It would have to explain the human condition, you know, why we are the way we are. And it would also have to be able to explain me, <laughs> why I am the way, the way I am. And when I looked at the Bible very critically a number of years ago, when I looked at it very critically, I re- realized it was all of those, all of those things. And then it began to speak to me. Jesus said this. <clears throat> it says, the very words I have spoken to you, they're spirit and their life. Spirit meaning they're, they're eternal. They last forever. They hit deeper than just simply up here. They, they go all the way through my life. And then they would say their life. They bring life in, in, into me. And then the Bible would say this. It says the word of God is alive. It's active. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I mean, you look at those words, active and, 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 and alive. It means it's going to keep going and moving and and living. So, so it's like this, it, it's not, it's like this, this energized thing that, that changes things and cha- changes, changes me. And, 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 and it's a book, yet so many times I have heard people say, you know, through this, as I've read it, it's, it's changed my life. The words here have changed my life. It helped me, it helped me know God better. 
It, 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 it saved my marriage through the Bible. It's brought me closer to people. The Bible, as I've read it, it's helped me learn how to forgive. Through the Bible, it's, it's made me a different person as I, as I read through it. I've heard that time and time and time again. And, and so that's what we really want to talk about this morning because we're going through the 40 days of the Word, you know, and, and, and learning about what the Bible is and all about and how to begin to dig into it and move into it. And so it's not just some mystery book, you know, that we just say, what the heck is this thing? And I can't make heads or tail of it. But to really begin to grasp it and, and read it and not be afraid of it anymore. And, and so what I want to talk about, I want to spend a few minutes talking about is how can I be changed by the Bible? How does this thing really change me? And how does it really make a difference in my life? And how does that, how does it all work? And so if you want to take notes, here we go. You know, if you want to write this kind of stuff down, if not, that's fine just to listen. The first thing I want to talk about is the Bible actually tells me how to have a new life, how to have a whole new life. It tells me how, how, how to do that. I heard the kids, they were, they were singing a song a few moments ago, and, and it was, you know, maybe you remember this from when you were growing up as a kid. You know, I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. Remember that one? You know, do Lord. It's called do Lord. You know, do, do. Uh, and, and I thought, and this is a big statement. Without the Bible, I would not know about the glory land that outshines the sun. Without the Bible, I would not be headed for heaven because I wouldn't even know there is a heaven. You understand that? Without the Bible telling us about heaven, how, how would I even know that it even exists? I wouldn't know about it. The Bible is what theologians would call special revelation. You don't have to remember that term. But it means God especially revealed things to us that we would in no way know apart from this. Okay? And so when you talk about heaven, the only way, the only reason you can even talk about it, or anyone can even talk about it, is because it's revealed here. In fact, the only way people even know about Jesus Christ Jesus, and everyone says, I admire Jesus. The only way anyone even knows about Jesus is because he's revealed where? Here. This is, this is it. So when people say, well, I believe in Jesus, I just don't believe in the Bible, you just want to say, what? You know, what? Because the only place you're going to find Jesus and what he is and what he said and what he really taught and said is going to be in the Bible. And, and we can get a lot of stuff from nature, you know, you know, natural revelation, but there's only certain things we can get from what we would call special revelation, like God's promises to you, or God's love for people, or God's grace, or Jesus on the cross. And so this is, this is what's written in the book of Timothy, written to a guy named Timothy. It says, you have been taught the holy scriptures, there it is, from childhood, and they have given you wisdom to receive salvation, there it is, you know, being saved, the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus, and, and, and there it is. And so Jesus was having a conversation. This is in the Bible. It's in the book of John, chapter 3. And, and he's having a conversation with a religious leader. And, and he says to the religious leader, and this is Jesus saying, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't. You just, you just can't. Now, the guy that Jesus was talking to kind of went all goofy and, and ballistic, and he says, how does that happen? What do you mean, born again? What, what, I mean, yeah. And he kind of, you know, pushes Jesus a little bit. He says, am I supposed to crawl back into my mother's womb? You know, tell me how that works. You know, I'm kind of a grown man, and, and do I have to crawl back into, into mommy? And Jesus was not talking about physical birth. He was talking about spiritual birth, being reborn of God. And he's saying this experience we have with God is like a whole new birth for us, not physical, but spiritual. So he says this, humans can produce only human life, Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. 
The Bible says he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. See, that is his true word. So it tells me how to have this whole new life with God. Without it, I'm, I'm lost. I, I, don't, I don't know it. Second thing, it helps me move from my past. It will help me move from, from my past. And most people get stuck here. Most people in their lives get stuck in the, in the past. I asked last night, we have, we have Saturday night service, I said, don't show your hands, but how many of you, how many <coughs> of you ever have regret, shame, or guilt? And even though I said, don't raise your hand, guess what? Everyone raised their hand. So let's do it. How many of you have shame, regret, or guilt? Any of you? Get your hands up. See, there we go. You know, we do. We have that. We look back in the past, and we have shame, regret, and we have guilt. Memories of the past, people who have hurt us, those things that we, those people that we have hurt, you know, just things that, it, that have happened. We look back and say, oh, crud. You know, I wish that were not in my life. I wish that had never happened to me or, 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 or by me. And so I'm able to read in the Bible things like this. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, this verse helps me be able to move on from the stupid stuff I've done in the past. Without the Bible, without the Bible, I don't know this. I don't know that this can even happen to me. But when I read it, I can begin to understand. And that begins to change my life. Because when you get trapped in the past, you get what? You get sucked back into that. And you got then the guilt going on, and you got the regret, you know, and then you think, oh my gosh, you know, I could never show my face back there again because of all the stupid stuff that I've done or those kinds of things that happen. Romans 8.1. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Oh, an incredible verse for me. I was, I was down in L.A. Um, last weekend there, and I was at a place called the Huntington Library. If you've ever been down to L.A., it's a great place to go visit. I promised myself, my brother loved it when he was a kid, and I promised myself I would never go there in my life, only because why? My brother liked it, yeah. And so finally I went there, and I thought, this place is incredible, you know. Don't tell my brother, this place is incredible, you know. <laughs> I really liked it. And so walking down, it was my mom. It was my mom's 90th birthday. We're walking around there, you know, look at all this place. And, and, and there's gardens you can walk through. And I guess I'm getting old because I like gardens to walk through. And they have a library. <clears throat> and I'm looking, and they, and they have these old documents there from this, from this guy that collected all these kinds of things. And, and um, um, there was one little display on on the Reformation. Now, now you may not, you may have heard the term Reformation or, or not. It, it, it really doesn't matter. But what happened is um, about 500 years ago, there was this thing where one guy finally had had enough of what at that time the main church was teaching, the big church was teaching, and and the church said, you know, we can, we can make some money off of this hell thing. You know, we can really do this. And, and so they decreed that if you pay us enough money, we will pay harder, pray harder for your loved ones, and they will spend less time in hell or in punishment. Okay, you got that? You know, you, you give us enough money, you know, come on, bring it on, bring it on, and we will then be able to pray more for your loved one or your relative or your dear Aunt Margie or, you know, your sweet, sweet Uncle Fred, you know, and we can pray for him, and he will spend less time in punishment and get to heaven quicker. And finally, the people said, what? This is nuts. You know, this is crazy. This isn't what the what teaches. This isn't what the Bible teaches at all. This is absolutely bizarre. 
And this is, again, when the Bible began to be translated into now normal language, you know, before it was just not even printed or all that kind of stuff, and it was kind of hidden away, and they didn't want people to read the Bible very much. Why? Because they discovered, you know, some of the stuff that was going on here. And, 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 and so what happened was they had this reformation. They began to reform things. The Bible says there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You can't pay money to get to heaven. It doesn't work that way. And we know the freedom we have in Christ because of what the Bible says about that. And so that means that thing that you raised your hand over, you know, that regret or that guilt or that person that you hurt or the things that you've done, you think, oh my gosh, what is God going to say about that? What in the world is God going to say to me about that? What does God think of me, you know, about that? What does the Bible say? We only know it because the Bible tells us that in Christ, if you are in Jesus Christ and you've accepted him as your Savior, there is no condemnation. It's as if when you stand before God and you say, oh God, you know, that thing keeps coming up. I'm still so sorry about it. Still so sorry about it. Still so sorry. God's going to say there is no condemnation for that. Jesus took it. It's done. You're free from it. Next one. And this is an identity thing. It tells me who I am. It gives me a sense of self-identity. We all have image issues. We all have self-image issues, every single one of us. And we all think, what do people think of me? You know, what are people thinking of me? You know, what do people think of me right now? What is somebody going to think of me? The answer is people probably don't think of you that much at all. But you know, that's kind of and you have to get on with that one. But we sometimes ask ourselves, you know, or we think we know ourselves, you know, or we think we do, and... And, and, and man, you know, you, you, when you deal with people on the other end of, of kind of a rough self-image through playgrounds or through bad parenting or through middle school or little league, you pretty much figure out where you stand on the popularity totem pole, don't you? I mean, don't you? You remember those days, you know, would you ever want to go back and live through middle school again? And say, yeah, you know, never again. Because you pretty much learn where you stand on this whole social ladder. And so our self-images are learned there. And I don't know how many people I've talked to, kids I've talked to, that feel like God made a mistake when he made them. God, you, you screwed up somewhere when you made me. And they're walking through these young years thinking through God really, really busted this mold, you know, when he made me, that, that I'm nothing. I mean, you may have faced it. I did. You know, I did. So here you go. Psalm 139. This is the Bible. God reveals this to us. You, God, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You, you watched it, God. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. And I had to, after reading this, come to the conclusion, even though I don't understand it, God... I don't ever get it. You needed someone in this world at this time exactly like me. Okay? You understand it? Whether you're awkward or whether you're socially backwards or whether you're clumsy or whether you're whatever you are, God needed somebody in this world at this time exactly like you, exactly like me. With all the stupid things I've done, all the strikeouts and the goof-ups. So I love this. It says, now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able 
to build you up. The message of his grace builds you up and give you an inheritance with all those he set apart for himself. Same inheritance that Moses gets and Abraham gets, you get. My life changes. <clears throat> Next one is my life, my life changes. Back to this verse. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It cuts deep. It just cuts deep. And helps me understand my thoughts and my, and my attitude. It really, really does. And it helps change my life. Yesterday we had a kind of an all-day little thing going on here for, for our youth workers. And, and, and I was part of it, but, but I wasn't leading it. And so it was lunchtime, and someone had to go pick up the lunch, you know. And so I volunteered to do it. You know, I wasn't critical to, to the whole meeting. And, and so I, was, I, I had the receipt, and I went over to Safe Subway to pick up the, 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 the lunch platter for us. Subway, you know. Now, Subway is not, um, I'm not a fan of Subway, you know, by the way. If you're going to get fast food, Get the bad stuff, okay? I mean, go, you might as well just, if you're going to get fast food, get something that's really greasy and really oily and go to In-N-Out. I mean, what's the point of, of anything other than that? But anyway, I'm at Subway. I, 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 I go over to Subway, and I'm standing there, and, and there's, there's a, a woman there that's, that's ordering, <clears throat> okay? And now I want to get back because we've got people up there that are hungry, you know, and, and, and they need to focus and concentrate. And so, so I go there, and she is, she is, um, FaceTiming everything that's on the menu for somebody at an unknown location can figure out. So she's FaceTiming the menu. And she's up in front of the line, you know. And then she's FaceTiming all the, all the food, you know, here. And, you know, you know, love is kind, love is patient, love is this, and love is this. You know, those kinds of things. I mean, my 12 minutes. 12 minutes for, for, for a sandwich, you know, you know, that's here. And then she's moving through and she's making, through, you know, and, 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 and you know, my life can change because of what God's word says. It can. I, um, I read something, um, um, I read something in the Bible and um, since God inspired it, his spirit now works with my spirit because we're now connected in Christ Jesus. His Holy Spirit works with the spirit now that's been regenerated. And all of a sudden it generates those words of God in my heart and in my life. And so now they kind of filter through, they blend through, and I'm being able to completely understand how to apply it to my life at that moment and that point in time. And it's no longer just simply words on a page that talks to me about love being patient. It is now part of my life, embedded in there, because God is working. Again, His Holy Spirit is energizing His words into the Spirit that has been regenerated and changed in my life. So now it begins to have application in my life. And this is how your life and your world can change through the Bible. It's like, hey, you're like that. Or, hey, you know you shouldn't be doing that. Or, here's that person you need to forgive. This is the way you should really be living this now. This is how you should be the wife you should be or the husband you should be. You know, this is what loving your neighbor can look like right now at this point of time. This is how it changes your life, changes your world. And that's why when I read the Bible, like for the second time or the third time, or I've read this passage a hundred times, I'm different at this point in time, and my world situation is different. And so it's now being applied to me. It means the same thing. It's going to be applied to me in a 
whole different way. Does that make sense? Entirely different. And that's why we say read it and keep reading it and underline it and go back to those words underline because they meant something to you then and mean something to you, to you now as, as well. I've not changed. The Bible has not changed. I, I have changed. Last one. Last one I want to talk about. And it, it gives me hope. And here's a verse for that one. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. We just might have hope. I was reading in Genesis about Jacob, you know, and, and Jacob was just a wily character, you know. He's not my favorite guy in the Bible at all. And, and, and God made promises to him. Why? He's the least of all people that I'd make promises to because God loves him like he loves you and he loves me. And if God says to Jacob, I will be with you, well, if God will be with a jerk like Jacob, he will be with a jerk like me too. You see how it goes? Remember this verse? This was maybe you learned this as a kid or this on our, on our key tag. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Remember that? And, and I, I kind of want, you know, when I go down a pathway at night, you know, when I'm backpacking or something, I want to be able to see the whole thing. And so I get my little headlamp out. Or for you, maybe it's your iPhone. You know, you come out and the light only shines so far. I wish it would show me the whole path. It doesn't. It only shows me enough for me to take the next step sometimes. And that can be true with the same thing with the Word of God. I have to take the next step in order to see a little bit farther down the pathway. And God says, take the next step and trust me. Trust me for that. Three words and then we're going to be done. First of all, I need to accept it. I have to accept it. You accepted, the Bible says, what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is, and this word continues to work in you who believe. You've got to believe it has a work. Second thing, I've got to learn it. Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. If you don't know the scriptures, you don't know the power of God, what he can do to change your life through it. Third thing is I need, I need to act on it. Jesus Christ said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And when I do, things happen. They, they really, really do. So I'm driving back from L.A. Um, um, last weekend um, after spending time down there. And I decided to get off I-5, you know, because I come back here. Because I was going brain dead, you know, in the Central Valley. You can only drive I-5 for so much before your brain begins to come scrambled here. And so I'm cutting across to 101. Um, cutting across, Lost Hills cut across over to, to 101. And it's real pretty, and I kind of like that, that, that way. And there's a rest stop, and so I stopped, kind of stretched my legs out, you know, and just kind of tired of the thing. And, and they had this display in this rest stop. They had this display, kind of like a, a, a memorial to, to, to get this, James Dean. Okay. Now, now, if you're older, you know who James Dean is. If not, go back and look at him. And if you Google James Dean, you will see a guy who's the ultimate cool. Okay. James Dean was an actor in the late 50s, early 60s, and he was cool, man. The hair was slicked back, the leather jacket, the surly look, you know, the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. I mean, he was just cool on his motorcycle and all that kind of stuff. And it was this, it was this memorial here to, 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 to James Dean. And, and it's like, wow, man. Um, hey, this is where James Dean was. And, 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 well, he was driving his car on that same stretch of freeway, same stretch of, of road, highway, right there. And, and, and right near that rest stop, in fact, right near this rest stop, a, a car, you know, as he was going this way, a car swerved, and, man, you know, head-on crash. And, and 
James Dean was killed tragically, tragic death. You know, he was 24 years old, you know. James Dean, you know, rebel without a cause, you know, was, 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 was gone. And, of course, it made me drive a little bit more cautiously, even though he was driving a Porsche and I was driving a minivan, you know. I was still driving a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more cautiously. And, and, and I thought about a, a, a couple things, you know. And the term, because he was in a movie called Rebel Without a Cause... And I thought, you know, because of Scripture, we have a cause. It tells us what our cause is, you know. And we can be rebels with a cause, you know, rebelling against the ways of this world and all that kind of stuff, but, but with a cause. But also it reminded me how quickly life can be taken from us, how quickly it can go. And, and how I want to make the most of, of what I've got, you know, to be the person that God would want and the pastor God would want to you guys and, and the dad God would want and husband and, and this tells me how I can do it. God, who communicated this, his spirit speaks to me in a very special way. I mean, not through my ears, but just works in my life and in my heart. And so I would say accept it and learn it, act on it. Let it be part of your life because it changes and the changes are there for you. And I want to invite the, the worship team to come on up right now. And, and they're going to finish in a second with a final song. And I'd just like to encourage you to maybe once again commit yourself to this. And you're saying, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Or I still got questions all, all about it. We can help you with the questions. I mean, I'd love to talk to you about it. You know, it's really okay. There are no crazy questions when it comes to the Bible, you know. There are really good, solid answers to it. And maybe you have questions about your faith walk or your life in Christ or what a spiritual life even means. That's great, too. We all started there. Every single one of us in this room had huge questions about even who God is and what's with this Jesus. And so don't be afraid and don't be ashamed to ask him. I'm going to invite you to bow your head with me right now, if you would, just as we close out this part of the worship time. Maybe for you, um, it's just a thanksgiving to God for the Bible, and you've seen it work in your life, and you're excited about it and thankful for it. So give him thanks once again. Maybe you're confused, and that's really not bad as long as you continue to seek for answers. God said, you will seek me if you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. And so make this a commitment to seek him. Maybe you're at the point where you're saying, okay, I'm going to surrender to God. He's God, I'm not. I need grace. I've got regrets. Jesus, forgive me for what I've done. I'm trusting in what you did on the cross. The blood you shed was for me. So fill me with your Holy Spirit, your spirit, your eternal spirit. Give me that new life that you promised. And Father, I, I just pray that as we consider your word, the Bible, this week, our lives would be changed. We'd be the exact people you want us to be. Thank you in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you so much for coming today. We're going to finish this cycle with the final song. If you want somebody to pray for you, um, 
we have a prayer room over there, and there are people, great people there that will just pray. And if you, you don't have to even talk, just say pray for me, and they will, they will do that. They're great people. God bless you guys. Come back next week. Make sure you get part of a life group. We're going to stand together finish with a final song. So thanks. Have a wonderful day.